0: uh, Today we're coming at you with a special interview This is our second uh, or third interview Third interview Um, And so we're getting better
1: at this as we go Um, (laughs) But Mike, who do we have here today? Today we have the man, not the restaurant The local legend, brutal Bob Evans, everyone Thank you for joining us we super appreciate taking the time out of your day. Sure.
2: What's up, guys? How are you?
1: Doing well. Good.
2: good. Good. Yeah, well. I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Great.
1: So, nice. Uh, we were connected through a uh, mutual friend through Rick, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, yep. both of you been in the business for a very, very long time. Uh, different right. parts of the business, but um, you know, you were here to you know to kind of talk about what you have going on. And I think we kind of want to just jump right into that, right, um, before we well, get yeah. into any other questions.
2: Sure, yeah, it's great to, yeah, it's, it's Rick's uh, the man, he's, he's a great guy, and uh, he and I, we actually kind of grew up together, but we didn't really know each other too well, um, but then uh, what happened was, I'm driving, guys, so that's why dude, I'm, I'm not distracted <laughs> any more than usual, but. Uh, that's fine,
1: so, we're used to people not making eye contact with us anyway. So. Okay, <laughs>
2: good, well. <laughs> My son, my son has autism. He must have got it from somewhere. So, you know, um, I'm assuming he got it from me. My wife's pretty straight, pretty straight shooter. So, Um, but yeah, I I got I started talking to Rick probably very regularly about four or five years ago when I started a project called Hangs with Bob Gets Better, and it was a seminar project I was doing where I was going out on the road and teaching, uh, you know, wrestlers along the independent scene all over the country that there's a better way to do things and um, uh, there's a better way to make money and honor your family. And you don't just have to be a guy who's kind of, you know, uh, the dirt worst and the scumbag and doesn't treat his family well. And, you know, I, I not, that, not that this isn't real life and we have to deal with real issues, but I think there's always been a big chasm in wrestling where you're either – Christian debuting on AEW the other day, or (laughs) you're uh, the dirt dirt worst broke indie wrestler who leaves his family and makes no money and steals from everyone. So, And I believe there is a giant uh, middle class in the middle where we can uh, be good independent wrestlers, have fun, travel the country, support ourselves, not bite into the family budget. And then come home and treat our families well, honor our families, honor our wives and children. And my my whole thing is a lot of people are very interested in doing that, but a lot of people don't know how to do that. Because, again, wrestling is based on a lot of traditions that are about 50 years behind the times. You know, you bring up yep. certain marketing terms that have been around for 30 years and the wrestlers just shrug at you. So um, <laughs> many of them know about social media, but they really don't know about anything else. The hustle, the groundwork that it takes to build a reputation for yourself. They think they can just put a couple of Facebook posts up or a couple of tweets up and they're gonna get you know, fame and fortune and riches are just gonna fall upon them and it's just not the way it goes. It does take some work. But I also feel that wrestling right now is in such an interesting place where a lot of it is part-time. I mean, even if you look at it, WWE and AEW and all the big time guys are even kind of quote unquote part-time now because they can't tour. So the touring is what used to beat us up. So if we can kind of limit our touring to places we want to go, places that really enrich us, and find ways to make money along the way, then I think we can really have a, a, a nice balance between being a pro wrestler, getting your yah yahs out as a wrestler, but still coming home and being a good dad or a, a mom or and a you know a husband and wife and 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 you know whatever your roles are in the family and. Really, it's been a big thing for me because I went full time wrestling. I was 26 years into wrestling when I decided to go full time, and it was a wow. disaster. Um, it didn't really work well for me. I in 2018, they lasted about seven or eight months. And what happened was, as soon as I classified wrestling as a job, I didn't want to do it anymore. It was one of the reasons why I didn't go full time earlier. But I, you know, I felt my own pressure of, well, I want to give it a try. I want to give it a shot. But. I, I, I wasn't I needed a job to kind of regulate me and I think a lot of people are like that. They need jobs to they need a place to go to every day and mm-hmm. they need to keep a schedule for ADD ADHD people in the creative arts, which is all all of wrestling. Um, I've heard some studies and these are these are not uh, these are anecdotal studies, but I've heard up to 80 or 90 percent of wrestlers and creative people are ADD and ADHD so okay um, so it's it's one of those things where, we're bad at keeping schedules anyway, and now you put <laughs> us having a good time and getting lost in the dream, and now it's like, you kind of need that structure at home, and that's kind of where we are. So it's, it's, a, it's a funny balance to strike, but I think it can be done, and uh, I've decided to put up this uh, site, so the Hangs with Bob stuff started all that, and now I'm working, going towards a uh, membership community called TheRestOfLife.com. And I call it that because wrestling in life, in my in my world, can't be separated, so they're together. And that's kind of where we are right now. So, yeah, that's that's really what I'm excited about right now. And especially since um, I'm going to park here, and then I'll just be able to sit and talk with you guys. But <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a world where we haven't really had a lot of live shows going on, guys, um, we kind of need something that's going to teach us these basics and get us ready to go on the road again. I just... Signed up for my first live event at the end of April, and I'm raring to go. But, you know, some people weren't wearing, raring to go, you know. So it's uh, it, it's going to be interesting who jumps in, who doesn't jump in right away as far as live touring. But the low, now that I have more of an online presence and more of an organized online presence, I'm excited to teach basically the world the, the concepts I know. Right.
3: Have, have you found that, you know, with COVID, uh, it, it slowed down everything. Have you found... Wrestlers who aren't working as much being demotivated because of COVID, or they're more motivated now because they want to get back into it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen some people just quit, which was interesting. I've seen you know I've wow. seen people walk away. I've seen people, uh well, you know, you, you say you quit and then you come back six months later. Well, yeah, you know, there's a show. <laughs> the account, Terry Funk. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah, it's uh you know, it, it's kind of like that. You know, if Terry Funk was ready, he'd be raring to go to, but, um, <laughs> he's probably still better than half the business anyway. So yeah, um, probably. yeah, Terry's the man, but so I'm going to park right here. So yeah, I think it's, it's been different for everybody guys. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that is really been all over the map. I've had people that are actually touring. Um, one of my guys that, uh, I've been coaching, uh, close up, uh, Jack Parker, he actually takes a pretty prominent role on my site because Jack's one of these guys that just went and made a bunch of money. So, um, but so Jack's doing a great job on the road, but Jack got 30 dates in last year because he was down South and a lot of them were limited. A lot of them were people wearing masks, a lot of them, all that. But I mean, Jack got 30 dates. He was pretty regular. Um, as far as touring, there were other people that, I mean, I haven't been in a ring in a year, so over a year now. So um, and I'm not going to get another ring for another about five, six, five, six weeks. So it's, uh, it kind of goes across the spectrum, but really, yeah, I think, I think I've seen more people be excited to get in than, but I was surprised how many people weren't jumping in. A lot of people are still stressing safety, which I respect. And a lot of people are still stressing, eh, I don't know if I want to jump into it now. Plus you have a year, you have a year off and you have a year of not taking bumps and,
1: yeah, you gotta shake your, the rust off.
2: You gotta shake the rust off, and you also have to get used to touring again, driving around, hunting down shows, getting booked again. Like that's seventy-five. The wrestling is the fun part, and the other stuff can be fun too. Um, I love booking travel. I love I love booking travel for other people too. I love getting people shows, getting people booked. I'm all about that. But eventually, you got to kind of do it yourself. And if you don't, if we don't supply these people with these tools, they're not gonna they're not gonna know to use them. It's not even a question of what the thing I noticed is a lot of the old timers were telling me. Um, oh, these kids are, I hear it all the time, y'all, young, disrespectful kids, and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's really not disrespect, guys. It's, it's, it's a lot more ignorance instead of arrogance. It's a lot more not knowing things. I don't know something. And then when I teach it to them, they're excited, they want to learn. So I haven't really found, um, a lot of people unwilling to pick up these messages. I think we just need to get it out there, get the word out. And that's one of the reasons why I'm on today. Just kind of wake people up to this and say, if you want to do this, there's other ways to do this rather than getting yelled at, uh, you know, Oh, you have to stay home and you, you know, or you got to go to the WWE or you're a failure. And I I know plenty of people that went to the WWE and were failures and not failures in life particularly, but they didn't do as well as they wanted to. And, you know it takes a toll on you I mean I'm old enough to remember all you know I mean people I knew I not very very close friends but people I used to wrestle on shows with I mean it was for a while guys it was like once a month once every couple of months that we were people were getting sent home you know and and in, in a box unfortunately I hate to be so cat wow. you know but yeah. it, you know that was the, the 90s and early 2000s and now it's a it's much better. But now the mental health issue is a thing, too, and we got to pay attention to that. And we have to it's 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 really kind of an interesting time. It is with all the cancel culture and the the mental health. And I feel like everybody's trying to do the right thing and nobody knows how to deliver the message without hurting someone else's feelings or making somebody mad. And I that's it's not an easy it's not an easy tightrope to walk. And I so I I do my best to try to deliver messages without hurting people, but being honest enough to tell them you know, hey, you might not make it in WWE. You might not have the talent, but that doesn't mean you can't build skills to wrestle on the road and and entertain people. There's plenty of road comics that don't have sitcoms and movies. Hmm. And, you know, there's plenty of musicians that are awesome musicians that are, you know, that play in bars and they make a few hundred bucks a night, a few hundred bucks on a weekend. And they're great musicians. They just haven't had a shot or they're doing other things and they don't want to. So um, I don't look at that as settling because, Again, a lot of people are like me. I, I didn't really want to be full-time. I had 20 times. I was at books as an extra during the attitude era over 20 times. And I never came back in much better shape. I never, you know, they said, oh, you got to come back in better shape. You got to do this. I was like, I don't really want to, I want to stay in shape. I want to wrestle, but I don't know if I want to wrestle for a living. And I should have listened to myself years ago because my opinion never changed. And then when I got married and kids came around and more responsibilities came, I mean, I was lucky. I was raised by a dad who made hard decisions so he could be home with us and my mom the same way. I was fortunate, but not everybody had that. And especially as I'm mentoring a lot of young people, many people don't have that. So I was lucky. So I wanted to be the example that my parents set for me. So I wanted to be a good dad. I wanted to be a good husband. I'm still working on the husband part.
1: (laughs) I think we all are. (laughs) Right.
2: So, but the kid—I've done pretty well with the dad thing. The kids like me, so that's good. And you know, <laughs> I, they behave themselves and they do all right in school. So we got that down. And and I just—but I mean, you know, I've been out the last—I mean, aside from 2020, obviously, but 2016, 2017, 18, and 19, I was doing an average of 50 or 60 shows a year, which is really busy. So yeah, yeah, you know. And then, but when I—I needed—I needed to do it, at, even if I work at this. I was sitting, you know, we were joking about computers because we had a computer issue earlier. Um, but I was, I bought a laptop. I got a laptop for Christmas from my wife and kids. And I'm building websites now. And I'm hosting, you know, I'm, I'm hosting message boards. And I'm putting up videos. And I'm, you know, putting out content and on a regular basis. And I have to come up with ideas for shows and ideas to reach people, you know. And there it is right there. So, um, some of my work I was working on today. So, um, so that's why it's, you know, and, and I'm doing the best I can, but I'm learning every day. I actually have a coaching call with my teacher on his podcast in a couple of days, and he's going to tear me up and rip me a new one and give me next steps and all that. So, um, so, you know, but it's, it's fun to be a student again, as I'm an authority in wrestling. So I'm usually the guy that people ask for. Answers. They ask me questions. I give them answers. So now it's a different thing where I get to be a student again. I get to learn. So that's fun. So and a lot of stuff I've been taught in the marketing stuff has really been stuff I've been able to turn around and teach my people too. So it's been great. So yeah, you. I'm, you've I feel been, like I'm just yelling at you three. Say something. No. <laughs> <laughs> Say something. <laughs> you,
1: you've been the point person for for a lot of things. I mean, you you've done tons of charity shows. You set up charity shows. Uh, you know, mainly, uh, uh, something like the station fire, uh, charity event that you had where you didn't charge admission. You know, you just asked people to make a donation to, you know, to HJY's, uh, you know, charity fund that they had set up. Um, you know, you've done a plethora of shows. I mean, so, you know, you're, you're a huge part of just, you know, the, the community as a whole, not just as a wrestler, not just as a a mentor, you're someone who's sort of, Set in an example, like you were saying, like, you're trying to be the good husband, you're trying to be the good father, but you're also being a huge part of the community. Um, is that something that just came natural to you? Or is it something that as you realize that you sort of had this reputation that you almost felt obligated to do this kind of thing? Or you know, what, what kind of led to, to just setting up events, you know, and, and in some cases at the drop of a hat, you know, kind of how did, how did that even come to well, be? I,
2: you know, I, I, I wasn't responsible for that, for setting up that station fire thing. I was part of it. I, I participated. Um, but I think that was other people that set that up. So I'd be disingenuous okay. if I said that. But I, I was always happy to jump in and help if I was around. We were actually doing their uh, one of our brothers in North Carolina just found out he's a younger guy, too. Uh, found out, um, Bri- uh, Brian. He wrestles as Lance Lude. He's one of the Ugly Ducklings. It's a big, ind- oh, big yeah. independent tag team. They're very, they're lots yeah. of fun. We, Tim and I, they're my great. partner Tim Hughes and I have wrestled them. Yeah, they're great. So uh, Lance is uh, he got he found out he had colon cancer, and is a young guy too. So, oh, yeah. um, so Colby Carino and and I'm very close friends with Steve Carino and Colby and the whole that whole family. And like I said, the Ducks I've always been a big fan of, and had, had good matches with them. So we're doing. So they're going to do a big fundraiser for Lance down there the end of April. And I'm, I told him I'd run down there and do a seminar for free and just give Lance all the money. You know, I have charge the guys, and then I'll give Lance all the money. So, you know, you got to do what you can for people. And there they are. So <laughs> the gentleman on the right, the shorter man on the right, that's Lance Lude. And uh, he's struggling right now. But we're, uh, you know, we're hoping to, uh, you know, I'm sure the guys will raise a lot of money. He has a lot of friends in North Carolina. The North Carolina wrestling community is very tight-knit. So I imagine that's going to be a star-studded affair too. So, um, hey, look, there's, Rich, there's Richard. Oh, that's Richard. right there. <laughs> I, I, somehow I knew he'd rear his ugly head. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're uh, we're gonna do that. And yeah, you know, if we can help somebody, I've never been one to like do like car washes or sell candy or things like that for charity. But tell me to organize a wrestling event, I'll do that because that's the way I express myself and that's the way I can get the most people to show up. Yeah. excuse me and do things. So, um, but yeah, we've, uh, yeah, we've done, we've done some good charity work in the past. You know, it's uh it's, you know, you wrestle as many matches as I do guys. A few of them are going to be for charities and things like that. So it's uh 29 years last month. So it's been, uh, wow. been a hell of a ride. So,
3: yeah, I'd say. So speaking of lots of matches, I wanted to oh. bring this up. <laughs> I want to, I wanted to make sure that we yeah. had time to talk about this. So I was like, I want to, I want to, just Google Bob Evans. I, you know, let's, oh, say, I know,
1: let's say I a don't scary know everything. You never know yeah. what you might find. <laughs> Look,
3: so we gotta talk about these matches that you had with Max Moon back on the indie scene.
2: Yeah, Max Moon was he was a nice guy, Paul. Uh I I it was one of those things where I was like a year in the business and he's like, Yeah, we'll just go out and we'll you know, call it out there and, and he he took good care of me. But man, that was that was scary because that was a big crowd. So Yeah, I was going to say that. About, Watching
3: it, was a huge there it is.
2: Look at that. Look at that. That's back when Bob had hair. That's how long <laughs> ago that was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I loved Max Moon back in the day. He, he was a, you know, he That's looked right. like a larger than life character, you know? Yeah, was,
2: yeah, he was good. I'm glad he got, I'm glad he got a, like another year or two out of it because Paul was a good hand, man. He was a good guy. He ended up doing
1: some training at Shawn Michaels
2: Wrestling School for a while. I don't think he does anything with wrestling anymore, but, um, yeah, he was nice to me, man. It was, uh, that was a scary, but there were about, yeah, there were about five, 600 people in that, at that show. And then I think, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, uh, the Bushwhackers were there nails. It was like a lot of the WWF guys that had just left. And I was like a year in wrestling, man. And I was scared to death. It was crazy. <laughs> so but thank God. Nails, nice that's a name. And then oh. here's a here's a very here's a very strange here's a really weird trivia question. So the guy that ran those shows, who shall remain nameless, uh, he ended up getting in trouble because he was holding up grocery stores to get uh, the money for his joke. <laughs> he would go rob the grocery store in town. Jeez. And then all of a sudden, he'd have the money to pay everybody. So. But yeah Welcome to the
1: wrestling episode episode
2: business. Episode, episode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> does that make everyone that had a match no. an accomplice? How does that work? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: well, we didn't, we didn't know this until later. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't announce that he's hey, I knocked over the, the the you know I knocked over the Seven Eleven or anything. I think it was more of a
1: you know I think it was
2: a, it was a surprise to us when we found out. So. <laughs> But yeah, he was a character. clip. Oh man,
1: were you surprised, but not surprised? Yeah. You're like, oh, well, yeah, it was. I could totally see that guy holding journey. up. A now story. I wouldn't be
2: surprised at all.
3: <laughs> was was that the worst yeah, promoter well, that you worked for?
2: The worst promoter that I worked for. Let's see. What, what I was gonna say was uh, that the worst one. The worst promoter I worked for was probably. No, no, he paid me what he was supposed to pay me, so that's fine. <laughs> so,
3: he
1: held up his side not, of the deal. Yeah, he, he held up more than that. I was way, way, way. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was long gone. So it was.
2: This was months later. He got caught. So um, let me see. I think, no, the promoter probably he body slammed me on the gym floor for real. Swung a chair at me like a baseball bat. So that's probably the worst promoter. Yeah, that's probably Jeez. the worst guy. I would say.
3: Yeah, a little reckless.
1: That sounds awful. Yeah,
2: that was the one. <laughs> I've I've had, pre- I've had pretty good luck. So <laughs> that's good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I've had I've had I've had uh, I've had pretty good luck.
1: <laughs> so um, we meant you mentioned earlier, um, you know, being booked as an extra owner, enhancement talent. Um, how how much different is that yeah. than? Just a regular old match. So what what sort of planning is there? A different flow to the match? How much control do you have over it, or is it just like, hey, I'm just gonna just drive you to the ground for like five, five minutes, and then we're just gonna call it quits?
2: <laughs> the, um, the 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 first time I, because I I was taught to call it on the fly. I was taught to kind of just go call it as you go, like. Most people were back in the day. But TV was always different. Even back then, it was different. When I started doing it in 1993, they called it, from soup to nuts, the whole thing, from the beginning to the end. And I thought that was just crazy, even though that's how a lot of matches are called. A lot of matches are called these days like that um, because they're so intricate and they're so involved. Um, I still – but, yeah, whenever I did TV, we pretty much called the whole thing. I can't think of too many times where it was – there was a lot of wiggle room in the middle. It was mostly called the whole time, you know. I still like a little bit of creativity. I like um, I like a little bit of both. I like having a good fishbone of a match, a good outline, and then being able to fill in the fill in the blanks in the middle. I think that's really I think that's really how everybody goes because you never know what's going to happen, especially in independent wrestling. You know, something might happen. The ring might break, or somebody might get hurt, or you're working with a green guy, kind of a younger guy. He might not be able to pull off what you're trying to get them to pull off and you might have to slow them down, put them in a hold and kind of calm them down a little bit. So <laughs> I, I end up being put in that position of the calming people down a lot, you know? So
3: the nerves take, I don't away.
2: yell and scream like I used to. So
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, they do. They do. And that's another thing they tell you, Oh, if you, if you are a nervous brother, you don't love this business and you don't want to do it anymore. If you're not, you're not butterflies, I was like, dude, I've had butterflies and, 10 years. I, you know, it's town to town, to town, to town, to town. And I, I love it. I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm above it or I'm not being flip about it. It's just after a while, you kind of can anticipate just about everything that's going on. I mean, if something is that nerve wracking, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I mean, yeah. And obviously when I worked for ring of honor and WWE and all that, it was a little more nerve wracking, but it was what it was. I mean, you know, in the end, it's still wrestling. You still got to get, the, you still got to get it done. You still have a job to do. So, and you know, it's fine. I think the last time I had some, a little bit of butterflies was we did impact in Vegas and I screwed up one little thing. And then Tim was right there to take over and take the move. So it didn't look that bad and that was it. So, and, uh, but that was, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but, no, I don't get too nervous anymore. Who knows though? Maybe at the end of April, when I go back out there again, I'll be nervous because it's, it'll have it's been fresh a, again. over a year since I've been in public and talked to people. And I mean, <laughs> I've been in public, but I mean, not ran a wrestling <laughs> situation. So.
3: So you talked about, you know, your, your running ring of honor. Um, how did that come about? Because that was, you know, later on in your, in your career, um, you had you had a good run there. Like how how that all come about?
2: Yeah, I remember the first. I, I remember I I showed up and I'd done a few dark matches because Gabe Sapolsky, the original Booker, always liked me because I was on the first independent show he ever saw. So he liked me. So <laughs> I don't think he ever thought I was particularly good. I think he just liked thought I was a nice guy. Which look, have to look if they can get you in the room, you can always get better. You just got to get in the room. So. Um, so the first couple times I did it, I didn't really take it seriously because I didn't think they were looking for a job and I wasn't looking for a job and, um, you know, I was a bit arrogant about it. I thought I was better than a lot of the people and I really wasn't, but I just, at the time, I just had my certain opinions about ring of honor. And, um, but as I kept going, I started to realize that I could really learn something from them and I could really, this would be my best shot at getting a national spot, because they were running, a, they were running part-time, so I could still have a job, I could still, you know, hang out with my wife and kids, and kind of still be around, but I could kind of get the traveling part down, and, you know, wrestle some of the best wrestlers, and I could manage Mike Bennett, which is, Mike, I've known Mike Bennett since he was 18, so wow, Mike's a great guy, so, um, and then I went to the first trial camp, and Mike Bennett and I were the two best guys at the trial camp, and then Jim Cornette called me later and said I don't really see you wrestling because I wanted I want you to manage Mike. I want you to help him. And you know, I think you're a really good wrestler, but you're not ring of you know, you're not ring of honor right now. So um hey, there I am. So <laughs> uh, and then in about so so what I did was I I I was a good boy. I I I managed for a while. I did exactly what I was told because I was the low man on the totem pole. And in about a year, year and a half, I asked if I could wrestle. Let me wrestle Eddie Edwards. And I did pretty well. And then they let me wrestle again. And I wrestled a few other guys. I got to wrestle Adam Cole in Providence, Rhode Island in front of a sold out house. And then I got to wrestle. Um, later on, I got to team with Jeff Berger, who was become one of my best friends in wrestling and the great guy. And, um, you know, we ended up opening up, opening up two final battles together. And, you know, the big shows at the end of the year. And it was, it was fun. It was. It was a good run. It was supposed to be, you know. The first three or four years I was there, they kept saying that I was getting fired, get let go, there was no room for them. And I lasted eight and a half years, so it's a pretty good run, fellas. You know. So yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a really good. I did run. all
2: right. So I, I yeah, okay. I'd say so. And I was never. I was never under contract. Yeah, it was, it was never under contract. I had a, I had a handshake deal, and, you know, at the end I was only going, going in once every, you know occasionally, but it was great to see. And I, and I, you know, the cool thing about ring of honor is it's been such a feeding system for everything else that pretty much every match I watch on TV now has a, has a friend or an acquaintance in it now. And I think that's really cool because you get to see all your friends doing well and get to see everybody succeed. And you know, it's, it's, it's great. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a blast. This, this cheeseburger right there. Oh, it looks like I'm going to jump them because I probably, am. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's when I tried. To cut his, I think it's when I tried to cut his hand off with the saw. So. <laughs> yeah, but what about the match? Cut his hand off
1: with the <laughs> What's that? I said, not yeah, but, but what not about, not about,
2: about the match? match. That, that would
1: be illegal. <laughs> That'd be cheating. <laughs> oh, I lost. <laughs> uh, too funny. So, oh, no, I, yeah, I've trained, I lost I've my trained, questions. I've trained
2: 1,000 people. I, I, I've changed lives, and I'm known for I'm known for trying to cut a guy's hand off and going through a table. Those are the two things I'm known for. So,
1: you know. I mean, in do. the wrestling world, I mean, those are <laughs> pretty important things to be remembered for.
3: <laughs> RJ, we might have been at that show in Providence.
2: That's true. That's true.
3: Um, Was that the one at the convention center
0: in Providence? Civic Center? You might Yeah, maybe. You might have. Uh yes.
3: Eddie, Kingston, Eddie Kingston and Steen main event. Oh
0: yeah. Uh huh. Yep.
3: Went to so many. I don't remember half of them. <laughs> oh, got
2: it. Yeah. Yep.
3: Everything blends in. So.
2: Yep. And then every, and it was it was the dumbest. That was such a crazy. That was such a crazy circumstance because all I did is said all I did is I, I emailed Jim Cornan delirious and said. Hey, I want to wrestle Adam Cole. He's a friend of mine. I haven't had a chance to wrestle him yet, and uh, uh, it's going to be a house show in Rhode Island, Providence. So, I can work with him because it's a house show, and I'm 15 minutes down the road. You don't have to pay anybody like extra gas money or anything, or pay somebody, in, and I can probably draw sell a lot of tickets because it's close to home. And Jim's like, "Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it." But you can wrestle Adam Cole. That's fine. And then two or three weeks later, ring of honor decides they're going to do a pay-per-view uh, an I pay-per-view in Providence on that show. And then Adam Cole wins the TV title. So all of a sudden this little house show match, um, that Bob wanted just to have a good match in Rhode Island turned into a proving ground match with the manager of Mike Bennett versus one of the hottest wrestlers in ring of honor. So, um, And it really wasn't supposed to be that way, but it kind of turned out that way. And we ended up having a good match. I, I, I really like Adam. He's he's uh he's been a good guy throughout the years. He still talks to me, so it's good. When I message him, he messages me back once in a while, so that's great. But he's, uh, <laughs> Adam Cole is a great guy. Deserves all his success. What a good what a good dude. What a talented man too.
3: Yeah, I remember when he came into Ring of Honor. Uh, it was like him and Kyle O'Reilly kind of at the same time. They were kind of just doing uh, almost like enhancement kind of kind of spots. And I was like, these are two guys I need to hang on to and they just they just took off from there. They ran with it, yeah. Um so yes sir. 30 years, right? We're coming coming upon in the ring. You know, you you've you've named a lot of names that you've been in the ring with. Who are like your if you had to say the top 5 people that you've been in the ring with where you're just like, man, this person is just on another another level. Like who are the some of the best people that you've ever faced inside the ring?
2: The guys who have been in the – I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. The guys who are just really good and unbelievable?
3: Yeah, like who you thought, like they're on a whole nother level, like they, just some of the best that you've ever faced. Oh,
2: um, I would say the guys, probably people that you would recognize easily would be – I thought Drew Gulak was the best technical wrestler I've ever been in the ring with. Closely followed by Little Guido. I think Little Guido, he he had a that FBI gimmick, but he was super, super, super talented as far as, and he was a real shoot wrestler too. Real, yeah. Um, was, I was he? UWFI? I Finn Balor back in the Fergal days when he first started in the states. That was one of his first opponents. He was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome back in the day. And then uh, Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, um. You know, those, those were some really, really quality opponents. Uh, Perry Saturn, um, you know, just some, just some really, really talented dudes. You know, as far as the local guys, the New England guys, um, I always thought the top New England guys were like Wagner Brown, Alex Arion, Maverick Wild, and then you get on to some guys now, Vinny Marcellia, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, all those guys, so there's a lot of quality out there, guys. I mean, there's, and there's a ton of indie guys that nobody knows about that are really good. Yep, I wrestled with a guy in Quebec, Quebec City, and he's a guy who's a perfect example of the rest of life. His name is Marco Estrada, and he's the, one of the biggest stars in eastern Canada. Makes great money, but he's a prison guard, and he loves his work, so he just wrestles on the weekends, but he's, <laughs> he's jacked. He's awesome. He could get signed by anybody right now. He has a good life up up in Canada, you know. He's great. Um, He's one of the best guys I've ever wrestled. Marcus Burke is another guy up there. He's a guy. He's come down to Vermont a few times to wrestle, um, and he came down for me to wrestle uh, in Mass a couple times. And uh, Ring of Honor was looking at him real close, and it just didn't click. But I thought he was just a fantastic what what a what a just a main event guy, you know, just a real man, big 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 tall dude, good looking guy, just real, real great. So was, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been in the ring with a lot of really talented people. So I got to wrestle Danny Birch, um, you know, when he was kind of, you know, uh, when he was Martin Stone, when he was kind of on his comeback trail mm-hmm. in between the end and what a, what a good locker room guy. And I've always been pretty close to uh, Biff, only Lorcan because he was from, ba- he's from Barrington. He's right down the street from me. And, He's he's a heck of a dude too, like two just hardworking guys. I'm glad they I'm glad they got their due because they're just they were fantastic, you know. So those are the yeah. guys I would say right away. Hey, and Adam bowl obviously. I mean, Adam, awesome. I mean, so I mean, it's so many talented people out there. I was
3: that's not awesome. expecting. I was not expecting Perry Saturn. I want to hear that story. Like that's yeah. Like, <laughs> what a, what a like everybody talks about like underrated wrestlers I and mean, he's always up there like such a fantastic perry, talent perry
2: was, i agree and i think there should be a movie done about perry because perry is a has a really interesting story he had he grew up he was on the street just a, a tough guy who got kind of raised on the streets and and then he had a he had some tragedy i guess he had one of his kids passed away at a young age and um and he was just one of these guys that really just made it, you know, you No, know? and I haven't talked to him in years, but I always liked him. He always treated me great. We wrestled me and my friend, Johnny Royal. We wrestled in a tag team match against him. And John Cronus oh,
1: wow. in, thir- in front of
2: 38 people at the, uh, uh, the Hudson lines hall in Hudson, New Hampshire, right before they got signed to EW and kind of went on their way. And, uh, but they were they were cool, man. And then when I saw Perry, I got to wrestle Perry in a tag match with Dean Malenko at TV, and Perry was the same guy, man. He was, you know, he he was the same guy. He was very he was very cool, but he was a no nonsense dude, man. And I I'd hate I, he liked me, thank goodness. But I, <laughs> I <didn't laughs> somebody that rocks him, he'd beat the hell out of you, I'm sure. So, and I've heard and the- I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of things about him, like. Saving people and standing up for people and things like mm-hmm. that, and I think he's one of those guys who's like, he's a super interesting dude. Like, I, he's been through a lot lately. I know he's had some issues, and but yeah, that's that's a guy that somebody should be one of these, you know, these people that run these movie studios. Because somebody was saying there's thirty-eight, this thirty-eight media studios now, they don't even call them movie studios; they even call them media studios. But, um, and they said that, like. They're looking for content. I think he should sit down. Man, I'd pay a hundred grand <laughs> to listen and tell his <laughs> yeah, story and then see if we can make a movie out of it or a series or something based on the life of, you know. So but yeah, good good guy. Stand-up guy but scary dude. Scary.
1: Former dude, <laughs> <laughs> army ranger, wasn't he? Um so we talked before, you know, we kind of set up this whole podcast and, and to go back to the wrestle life um you know you had mentioned that you had some goals for your for your wrestle life you know program um did you want to talk a little bit about that and and kind of where you really want to take this and and uh you know how how you want this to impact the wrestling community yeah i mean it's uh it, it really the biggest thing
2: guys is i i just want people to see that there's a way to succeed in wrestling without necessarily having to I'll throw everything else away. That's my whole thing. I, I don't care. I can teach you how to get signed. I've gotten, I've helped, I helped gotten a ton of people signed. I've got, I've negotiated people's contracts for them. I've, you know, it, I, I've given people advice. I've told people to sign places and not sign other places. So I have that experience too. I produce TV. I've, you know, I've produced, you know, I've, I've helped, I've helped big national stars with their promos. I've helped people with their matches. I've, I've wrestled. These people, I've done a lot of stuff. I I, I run my own wrestling school for ten years, so I have a lot of experience. But again, that doesn't necessarily translate into I want to get a job in, in wrestling, and I want to I I want to go tour and be full time and this and that. My whole thing is you can build your own business, get your social media up, get your learn how to travel. We teach you how to travel better. We we have Kevin Kelly, the you know the old WWE announcer, Ring of Honor announcer, in New Japan world and now, is a dear friend of mine Ken is in the is in the community now too and he's helping people with their promos how to communicate all that good stuff and we sit down with a new member every single week we just started doing this a couple weeks ago and we have it on a screen share just like this and we sit down with that person me and my friend mike medina who wrestles as wild man congo we sit down and we talk we'll break down a 12-minute match it'll take us an hour to break the thing down, because we pause wow. it, we go back, we say, "Now look at this. Look what you could have done here. Look at this promo. Look, you didn't look into the camera. You didn't do this. Why didn't you look into the camera? Why?" Did-? Well, so, again,
0: thank you so um, much for joining quick, us. Is there I anything go, else you'd like to say?
2: Yes. Qu- yes, I want to help you guys. Do you guys have a question for me? How I can help you guys with your business?
1: Um, do you think uh, we should be more attractive to uh, be more successful? <laughs> that's it's not possible it's not possible <laughs> oh that's how okay. all right all right uh no honestly um yeah i'm not even sure yes. uh, you know what you, you threw me for a curveball because i wasn't really prepared for a question from you actually um <laughs> do you have advice for us actually so we're we're this is relatively young this is episode 22 Three. 23 so we're literally just starting out um so you mentioned you had a podcast or and you participate in many podcasts. What, uh, what sort of advice could you just give mm-hmm. us off the cuff, I guess?
2: Well, the best advice I can give you guys
1: is one of the things I've noticed,
2: and you might have seen it on my feed or if you're following it, is the Joner's Podcast. Um, they are probably doing it the best. Um, that's a podcast network. Um, but they are, they are sharing and being prolific in sharing all their content in getting the word out. I can tell you the podcasts that I know about the ones that are serving their, their customers and their listeners are the best are the ones that are putting out content and letting people know about it. Now, remember this, when you guys put something out on Facebook or Twitter, you'd have to put it out about a hundred times a day to reach everybody in your audience. Even if you have a small audience, just because of the way the algorithm algorithms are, And the way things get moved around on on that. So, and then don't, if you're just starting out, don't worry about all that. But if you can share it four or five times a day uh, in a good way, don't just spam everyone to death. Put a little comment, put something, (laughs) hey, Christian got, you know, hey, Christian got signed to AEW. That reminds me of this. Hey, the the thing didn't go off that well and the explosion match didn't go off that well. So that reminds (laughs) me of this other time when... Bob got abducted by aliens and what a crazy show that was. And, you know, so you know, keep all that up. <laughs> so keep all that up and really just be prolific. Get the word out. Um, and, and don't be afraid to use Facebook ads. If you really want to get your audience up, um, I can tell you with Facebook ads, make sure you're uh, doing it. You're not just boosting a post half heartedly, Look into it, take a little class on it from YouTube if you have to and do it that way. And then, um, give your audience something, give your audience something to follow you. Hey, if you follow us, you have a chance to win a shirt. If you follow us, you have a chance to be a guest on the podcast. Um, we're going to offer a special interview that we did live with, uh, Bob Evans and it, it's uh, 15 minutes and uh, of gold. And we didn't release it here. We're going to release it, uh, to the person, the 500 person that follows us or the thousand person that follows us. If you guys can get, or if you guys can get 150 likes on this, we'll do this. Or do do something for WrestleMania, you know? Do, and, and you know, or, or if you guys, it, Father's Day, right? Because, I mean, you're the dad's guys. So, and, you know, you got more experience of being dads than I do with all the kids you got running around. So, but use that as a, but use that as a, sell, you guys, but you guys have a hook. You guys have a hook, all joking aside, right? So, use that as a hook. Use that as something that, that'll push you forward. It's a, busy, it's a busy marketplace, but I can tell you the biggest thing you guys should be uh, ner- not nervous about, you should feel good about is not many people get to 23 podcast episodes. Um, and not many people, even though it's easier to do than ever, not many people are doing it. So push forward, be prolific, be consistent, and just push your brand. Show up at different wrestling shows, pass out flyers, do the old school stuff too. Make friends nice. with wrestlers, have is. wrestlers on, have other people on from other different fields that make sense to you. Um, and yeah. then just, again, push the brand. And it doesn't have to be salesy or... Like, my stuff, I don't think is... My stuff is awesome, but I'm not going to sit here and sell people on it like crazy. I'm just going to tell people it's awesome. They should come see it. We have to... Go on the Wrestle Life Facebook page. You don't have to pay a dime. I have three or four free classes on there. Um, you don't. You don't have to pay a dime. Nothing. So, and eventually we'll get to the point where um hopefully they'll like me enough and they'll want to get deeper into it and they'll check it out so and then later on when you guys are much more what's much bigger we talk about getting sponsors and things like that but don't think you can't do it that's the biggest thing don't think you can't do it because you can this is a you guys have good personalities I enjoy talking with you sorry about all the technical issues but um but just realize that there's a there's a place for you guys you guys have a hook you guys have a story there's a place for you in this space so just keep pushing forward Prolific and consistent. That's what I can recommend.
1: Nice. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you so that. much for that advice. First of all, two things I got from that: You're welcome. Uh, we are not your favorite podcast, so I'm kind of upset about that. <laughs> number two, <laughs> um, I don't One have of a top two. three thousand at least. <laughs> oh. Right. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. There's a million. There's a million. There's- <laughs> We're in the top at uh, least that's like true. You know, 20, that's true. 20,
0: 26.5%. Well, <laughs> I, again,
1: a huge thank you to uh, to you, uh,
0: Mr. Bob <laughs> Evans, for joining us. Um, we thank you for, for taking your time out and actually pulling over and, and hanging out with us on the side of the road. Um, but again, you can join um, Bob Evans over at thewrestlelife.com to learn more. Uh, thank you again for joining us. If you don't mind hanging out after we just end this broadcast. Um, and again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us live, or if you're watching later on Spotify or YouTube and have a great night.